0: Since since tonight is the yard site of uh, the Rebbe's father, let's learn um the teachings of Rebbe's father. The Rebbe's father's writing on, um, on the on everything in general was very, very brief because he didn't have um, he didn't have regular paper and ink. Instead Rebbe Sunchana she would uh, use berries to create ink, and he would write in the margins of the various svarim that he had. He wrote in the margins of his Tanya, margins of the Zohar, and all of the um, teachings we have from his fathers is all, is, is from Reb Simcha's uh, sacrifice and and from the um, the, the these these writings in these margins. Most of his writings, he wrote before, not all of them, most of them, before being incarcerated, before being sent to exile, were confiscated when the um, when the KGB um, raided his home. But that's why, uh, in addition to um, uh, the actual words that he says, uh, Rebbe derives extraordinary. A, a, a huge amount of information from those brief words. Uh, r- besides the fact that Rebbe's father is writing in Kabbalah, and therefore there's a lot that needs to be unpacked. But besides that, the uh, the writing itself had to be very brief because of the uh, because of the uh, lack of space to write anything. Um, so uh, we learned today a um, a teaching Rebbe's father on Gersh Teshuvah. In chapter 5, in Gersh HaTshuva, the al speaks about the, um, the breath of Hashem, which is the source of every soul. Every soul gets its energy from Hashem's breath. As it says in the Torah, God blew into Adam, a spirit of life. So in chapter 2 in Tanya, the al says that the analogy of Hashem blowing breath is to highlight how the, the origin of Neshama is from a very lofty place. Hashem wants to uh, highlight that the, just like when you blow, it takes a lot of energy to blow, versus when you speak, it doesn't take so much energy. So Hashem's emphasizing with the word blowing that it comes from the deepest and uh, highest levels of galliness. Uh, the Neshama comes from Hashem's wisdom. But in chapter five in Gerset Shuvah, the al says that the analogy of of blowing is to convey another point just like when you blow if there is some kind of interruption between your breath and the direction you're blowing into so the um the interruption will separate and prevent your breath from reaching that that space so too the neshama is called um the transfer of, of the nishama's energy to the body is called blowing because the um a, a there could be an interruption that could separate between the neshama and the body. An aver, an aver could separate between the Abishter's energy in the body. And the analogy of this is like putting something in front of your breath. But the al before saying uh, how an Avera could separate you from you and Hashem. The Alta Rebbe first says, The truth is that there's nothing physical or spiritual that can interrupt and separate between the Jew and the Yibishter. And he brings four proofs. It says, he brings a proof from Psukim. Uh, it says in the Torah, Hashem says, I fill heaven and earth, the whole world is full of His glory. And then he brings other proofs from uh, the Zohar. Uh, there's no place void of him, the Zohar says. The Zohar says, Hashem animates all worlds. And so the al Rebbe brings four verses to demonstrate how the is everywhere and nothing can interrupt him between us and Hashem. And then after bringing these uh, four proofs, he then, then he says that in Navera, only can separate is Navera. separates separate in Neshama and So the Rebbe's father, his question is, why are there four proofs? Why four specifically? And he explained that the four proofs correspond to the four letters of God's name. And the first two proofs are from verses in the Torah. They're from Sukkot. And the last two proofs are from are from the Zohar, from the Oral Torah. And he explains that the Written Torah is something that's just written down, which is not, it's not revealed. It's, it's sort of um, hidden because it's on paper. It's not spoken about. It's it's written. And that those the first two proofs correspond to the first two letters of God's name, which correspond to Hashem's wisdom and understanding. And just like by ourselves, we don't need other people around us to think. We need other people around us to feel. We have feelings towards others. But our understanding is our own understanding. And so too, uh, when God made the world, it says in the Torah, six days, God made the heaven and earth. And the asks, so should have said, in six days, God made heaven and earth. Why is it they six days made heaven and earth? So this explains that the six days refer to the six spheres. And each day receives its energy from a different sphere. <clears throat> so Tuesday gets its energy from Tiferes. That's why Tuesday is such a great day, and Zev Kessler is so excited about today because it's Tuesday. Anyways, so um, the, uh, the so the various spheres below Chochman and Binah, they are connected to creation. However, Chochman and Binah, they're above creation. Yud in the, in general, is called Hanistaris it's it, those levels of Galenists, which are connected to, to Hashem's wisdom, they are hidden, they are beyond creation. Versus the lower levels, the, the latter two letters of God's name, K, they, they are considered revealed because they are the source of creation. So, so the first two verses, the first two proofs of the Altarev are from the written Torah, they're from the hidden part of the Torah, not the Torah, it's our mouths, so with the Torah which is on paper, which is on, because they because the first two proofs are about the first two letters of God's name, and the last two proofs are about the oral Torah, because the last two proofs are about the latter two letters of God's name, which are revealed. And because the Nishama has, every Nishama, has, as Altaqa writes in chapter 4, every Nishama has in it the four letters of God's name. Are, are present in every single Jew. That's why we have the ability to think, to feel, and to do uh, our intellect, our emotions, they all a mirror, they all emanate from the four letters of God's name. So the Al brings four proofs corresponding to these four parts of our souls to say that that that, uh, that our souls are not separated from Hashem, ancient <speaking in Hebrew> love nothing separates between us and between anything and Hashem. That's what is four proofs. The problem is, if you count, you could actually find a fifth proof. The Al when he mentions the the, uh, the, the passage of the Zoar, his all place void of Hashem, the al adds a verse over there. And heavens above and the earth below, nothing besides. So so the the Alt-Rebbe, although he mentions a fifth one, the Rebbe's father doesn't count it as a separate one. And he actually explains how each Letter of God's name corresponds to each of those four proofs. Just fascinating how uh, how he, how he the, 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 just the style of questions and the, the way and the association is, is just fascinating. That's not what the Rebbe's um, question is on the, on his father's teaching is is about. The Rebbe's question is for whatever reason, according to his understanding of the various proofs, there are only four. We're not counting the and the other line over there in the middle of the zone I'm uh, quoting another verse as a separate proof. A question is, there is a fifth level. It, it, the Rebbe's father knows that that, that, that doesn't mean a fifth level because according to Kabbalah or whatever the, the words don't fit the fifth level. The, the words that are quoted aren't about the fifth level. The question though is there is a fifth level. Besides the four letters of God's name, there's also the, the highest level is the level of the youth. Besides the youth, there's also the dot on top of the youth. The crown on top of the youth. The crown on top of the yu, of the yu is, is parallel to the desire of Hashem, the rots and the Elim, which is even which is even higher than God's wisdom. So the question is on the altar ebbe, if there are four proofs corresponding to the four letters of God's name to demonstrate that the four letters of God's name are connected to um, every single soul, and there's nothing separate and Hashem except for averus, why isn't there also proof uh, for, why are there are five proofs to, pointed out the parallel between the neshama in the body and the divine source of the desire of Hashem, which is beyond the chach. There are five levels, there are four letters of God's name, and there's the crown on the youth. So why there are there four proofs corresponding, corresponding only to the four letters? Why isn't, there any, why isn't there a fifth proof corresponding to the crown on top of the, of the letter youth, which we actually have in ourselves a parallel for? We have in ourselves, a, the power of Monsieur nefesh. We have in ourselves the power to devote ourselves beyond Hashem, beyond logic and reason. We have in ourselves this the pintliid, which is which is beyond our understanding, beyond our feelings. So we have something in ourselves which mirrors this crown on top of the youth. And yet Daltareb only brings four proofs, doesn't mention anything about this about this fifth level. So why is the fifth level ignored? So to explain this, we have to like zoom out two thousand uh, feet per second. And I um, and, and ask a more basic question. In the previous sections in Tanya, the al Dreb is trying to explain how there's nothing besides Hashem. How the Tzimtzum isn't meant to be understood in a literal way. How nothing separates between us and Hashem. How, how the Tzimtzum, where Hashem hit his light, doesn't mean literally has to show him that he left the world as uh, some other sages try to interpret the Simpsum, and also says how wrong that is, and it, it's the opposite of our faith in Hashem. If you say Simpsum is literal, then first of all, that means that Hashem has like a body, therefore he moved away from the world. That's a kind of, kind of, phys, a kind of physical thing. Second of all, it's, it's, it's the opposite of our faith, that there's nothing besides Hashem. So to say that Simpsum is literal is the opposite of our faith in Hashem. And bring, but there, he doesn't bring so many proofs. He, does, he brings a proof or two or whatever, but he doesn't bring a lot of proofs. And the way the al treb is talking about this here, there's no, nothing that separates between us and Hashem, nothing physical, nothing spiritual. It sounds like he's bringing out something novel that was never discussed before. And, and he brings forth so many proofs to, to demonstrate this, this truth. When, when there's something we know from the first section of Tanya in chapter 48, and the second section of Tanya in chapter 7, where the author explains, at length, the idea of the Tzimtzum, and the idea of Seveu or the literal translation of Seveu means he surrounds all worlds. The author explains it doesn't mean literally that Hashem is above and, and orbiting around the world. Rather, it means that God's light is infinite and it's everywhere, and it's just not revealed, but Hashem's light is infinite. So why is it that in, in here, in Gerasa that the al um needs to bring so many proofs to prove that nothing separates in us and Hashem? So, the answer is like this. To understand this, we first have to, to go into um, the laws of Chatzitzah. The laws of Chatzitzah, the laws of uh, in, in, what is considered interruption, a separation between your body and the mikveh. So, there's two laws about the mikveh. One law about the mikveh is that when you go in the mikveh, if there's even... One part of your body, even the language of halacha, even if your 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 pinky is out of the mikveh, nothing has been done. You have to go completely in the mikveh. On the other hand, the biblical um, definition of a separation, the biblical definition, the biblical definition is something else. But the biblical definition of a separation is if there's something on your body that covers most of your body, and if you care about it. You, you're bothered by it. In other words, you ordinarily wouldn't have this on your body it's because they have paint on your body or something. And it covers most of your body. Then there's a biblical, then the Torah defines this as separation between the water and you. And the mikvah is not, the tfilah is not, not a um, uh, does, it doesn't work. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy over here on the one. And we're saying when you go in the mikvah, you have to go 100% or, or else, or, or zero on the other hand we're saying that it, regarding a separation between your body and in water we're saying that the um, that's only to care about it as feel the majority of your body wh- wh- why is there this discrepancy the answer is that the tila the the, the the immersion has to be complete your immersion has to be complete the um, the separation is about something else, not about you. So it's some other foreign entity. So that's the, 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 the importance of that foreign entity. So, so then we talk about the importance of that foreign entity. What is that foreign entity? It's not about you. Your immer- one thing is about you, and the other is about the, an, a foreign entity. So your immersion has to be complete. But some other foreign entity, we could already describe. We could, we could already um, uh, measure and, and figure out how important that entity is. OK. So getting back now to the analog. In the earlier sections of Tanya, the al is not talking about the Jews. He's talking about Hashem. He's talking about Hashem is everywhere. Here in the Geras Tshuva, the al is talking about us. Rabbi Yolkan al used to love saying this, this parable about the Jewish people. Um, it was, I know where, the origin of this parable. I heard it from him. The king who loved his son because he loved his son, he bought his son uh, not suits. Not just he bought his son suits, he made, he made factories to manufacture suits for his son. And he bought uh, bakeries to make pastries for his son. And he hired musicians to play songs for his son. And he did all this stuff only for his son. He even hired bandits to attack his son so he could hire armies to protect his son, to show his son how much he loves his son. So where is the king? Everything comes from the king. The, uh, the bandits come from the king. The armies come from the king. The orchestra comes from the king. The, 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 the companies come from the king. The bakeries come from the king. They All come from the king. Nothing exists out of king. However, where is the king? Where is the king's heart? Where is the king's essence? The king's essence is not in the bakeries. It's not in the orchestra. It's not in, the, in, in, not in the, the, the people trying to hurt his son. The king's essence is in his son. The heart of the king is in his son. So, the fact that God is everywhere, what does that mean? When you have a light, you have a, you have a candle. How far can you see the light of the candle? Depends how bright it is. It's a very bright you can see farther. Hashem's light is infinite. There's no limit to Hashem's light. Therefore, where is Hashem's light? It's everywhere. On the other hand, you cannot say about any specific item in the world and say this is godly. It's not a godly being. It's Hashem's light is everywhere, and even though I don't see it, but there's infinite light of Hashem, which is pervading all existence. But there's no, you don't identify any creature in the world and say this thing is godly. It's not godly. It comes from godliness, but Hashem is everywhere. But there's no association between Hashem's infinite light and the specific items that God's light pervades through. It just, it's, it's everywhere, and it's not it, it, the, the specific items aren't um, aren't um, at all holy and godly and spiritual. They're created by Hashem except for Neshama. A Nishama, even the way the Nishama comes to a body, the Nishama is still one with its divine source. Neshama is not different to its divine source. Nishama is its divine source. And that's why the Althambra brings all these proofs. The proofs Althambra is bringing here are to demonstrate that even the way the Neshama has ascended into a body, and in this process of this ascent, there are lots of mutations and changes in the Nishama. Hashem goes from world to world and goes through all these, it gets, the light of Hashem gets filtered further and further and lower and lower. And therefore, you'd think that because the Nishama's light is traveling through all, and it's getting mutated, it is getting changed. The, the Nishama now develops an intellect and it develops feelings. And not only develops intellect and feelings, the Nishama's intellect and feelings are, are able to come into a physical body through the various contractions of the Nishama's light. It's now very much different the way it was in Natsulah. It's not in Kansas anymore. So when Hashem has changed so much, before it, it, it descends into a physical body, so you might think the light of Hashem doesn't reach it. It's not the fact that the infinite, infinite light of Hashem is everywhere, okay, that, that, that's, that's a given. I'm not talking about that. But to, but to identify the Hashem as a godly being, to say that Shama is exists, the existence of Hashem is godliness, that you might think is, 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 it's, it's changed. It's brings these four proofs to demonstrate that even the way that Hashem exists in the physical world it's also godly, it's also holy, it, it's not something different to its divine source <coughs> and that's why the Al Rebbe doesn't mention the fifth level, the fifth level is about Hashem's infinity, I have the point over here, the Alteb Rebbe is going to point how Hashem's infinite and everywhere, the fifth level is exactly opposite the point, we're going to bring out the Alteb wants to bring out how atzilus, light of Hashem as it comes into the letters of God's name and each letter of Hashem's name has a different form, which indicates it's not infinite. It's the way Hashem's light is transferred in, in a certain specific way. So you might think the light of the Evishter, as it is, has, has already become limited somewhat in the world of Atsilus, so that light of the Evishter won't reach the Nisham in the body. That, 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 that light can stop. And therefore, the thought says, no, no since everything in the world is created by Hashem. Hashem is the mahabi creates everything. And all creations are like the light of the sun within the sun. Since all creations are like light of the sun within the sun, so the creations of Hashem are not considered a substantial entity to separate between, uh, between us and our divine source. So just like by the laws of the mikvah your immersion has to be complete. That's you. So the earlier sections of Tanya are talking about Hashem himself. Hashem himself is everywhere. Hashem is infinite. He, he's everywhere. Here, the was talking about the identity of you as you are in a body. Do you have a godly identity? You might think, you know, we're, we're Jews. We're all very quirky. We have all kinds of quirky things we do. I don't know if you um, heard the class I gave on Sunday, but on Sunday, you never mentioned how sometimes a Jew has a thirst for something. I don't even know why he's thirsty. A Jew could, could as the Shema is talking to them, you feel this yearning. Your you know, Shema is talking, but in your mind, you're like, where uh, I must be hungry, uh, I, I must need a different career, I must, like, in, in your mind, it's, it's, it's all, all the stuff that's going on in your head that isn't what your is. Yenishama is feeling thirsty, but the way the interface of your body makes you feel a, a whole different message from your So that's the reason that the author brings all these proofs to tell us that even the way the Neshamah is in a body, it's still a godly, holy being. It hasn't changed. It's still yud it's still Vav-Ki. I only is the Avish everywhere. But even the way you are here in a physical body, you are godly, you are holy, and nothing separates between you, even the Eidosh except for Abayris, which is analogous to another halacha. I think I already passed the time. One more idea. The halacha is that if you're in your house and you hear Fabes you'll hear the chazm, and you'll not answer Baruch, Hu Baruch unless there is some of there's an excrement between the place you are and the chasm then you're not allowed to answer and there was the only thing that the light of hashem enters our physical body and the identity of a jew is a holy any questions or comments? All right. Have so a great day, Jonathan. Great day, David. Great throat.